Hi everyone, welcome to the M&I podcast. I am the M, the M is me, M for Marina. Today is December 31st, the last day of the year. We are wrapping up 2022. Wow. I feel like after everything that's happened with COVID and I'm sure in each of our lives sometimes, I think about the year and... I feel like my mind still goes back to, oh, last year was 2020, and here we are, 2022. It'll be 2023 in a few hours. I was looking over a New York Times article this week, and I realized that in order to wrap up the year and my 26th year, I was thinking about all the lessons and things that have happened in my life that I learned from. The title of the article is The Greatest Life Hacks in the World, parentheses, for now, and parentheses. It is under the opinion pieces and the author is David Brooks. He is an opinion columnist and um, it's basically a column that lists about 13 little bits of golden rules if you will or it's a play on life hacks so you know your typical life hack is put this on before touching this so you don't get sticky and yada 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 use this kind of knife instead of that kind of knife to cut an avocado kind of situation but the article is mostly referring to little actions that in a way give you some sort of life hack tricks to deal with people and situations. So let me start off by reading the introduction portion of his article. Quote, We here at Opinion Headquarters don't merely offer you controversial opinions on world events. We offer priceless life hacks to help you flow effortlessly through the miasma of modern existence. These are the kind of bits of golden wisdom that get earned over decades of experience, but can be shared for free. We're inspired by the legendary tech journalist Kevin Kelly, who for his 68th, 69th, and 70th birthdays shared his life learnings on his Technium blog. End quote. So the way I want to structure this episode is just... I went ahead and picked my six favorites, if you will, out of the 13 that were listed on there from him. And I want to kind of go through them and reflect on instances where I've had to deal with these or I've been in a situation where maybe a friend of mine had to and it's just all coming back to my head thinking out loud. So... And these are in no particular order. I didn't, you know, choose my favorite from least. I just went down the list and kind of what stood out for me. But anyway, let's get started. Number one, anything you say before the word but does not count. Oof, that has hit me personally, even in relationships Um, my job, and just so many aspects of my life. 
I was trying to remember a time in particular where I could give you guys even an example of an exact scenario. But I even feel like this can be taken as, you know, we all have that person who might say, I like your shirt, but I think it would look better in yellow. Or I like your jeans, but it's really hot out. Take, for example, the shirt color situation. If somebody is telling you they like your shirt, but they would want it in yellow, essentially what they're saying is, I don't like the color of your shirt. (laughs) And I know that might sound a little blunt or, you know, if you don't have anything nice to say, don't say anything at all. But it's true. If you really think about it, a simple, I like your shirt, that's fine. You know, sometimes we devalue something or it's the last thing we said that sticks with that person because we go ahead and add that but and then what we truly feel. If you actually did like their shirt, you probably wouldn't get it in yellow because you already like their shirt. Which is why it says anything that is said before the word but does not count. The next one reads, quote, Denying or deflecting a compliment is rude. Accept it with a thanks. I like this one because it has even happened to me where somebody will say, I really like your nails. And I'll say, thanks. I wanted them almond, but she was struggling. So these are cute too. What I'm saying is, this isn't what I wanted. I like that you like them, but it's not really what I wanted. So the compliment is neither here nor there because it wasn't even what I wanted. So I don't think about it like this. Sometimes, you know, I am, like I've mentioned, a Capricorn and I'm very outspoken. I'm very much going to tell my friends what I'm thinking of whatever they're telling me, good or bad. And so I just think, oh, I know how to communicate. But even the little things where someone's giving me a compliment, what I'm actually doing is deflecting it. I'm taking away the value of the compliment where they're maybe trying to make me smile. Maybe they know I hated my nails last time and they want to tell me that this time they think they're better. But with me, you know, adding my connotation or my personal thoughts to their simple compliment, it deflects it. It takes the value away. And more than likely, (laughs) it's going to make them never give me another compliment again. And, you know, that's not to say that we need compliments. You know when you look good. You know when you're wearing something that makes you feel like the shit. But deflecting it or denying it is just not a good look and will probably cost you a lot of future compliments (laughs) this next one has hit me like a ton of bricks in this past year it says quote when you get invited to something in the future ask yourself would i do this tomorrow end quote so i know if you're anything like me which If you're listening to this podcast, you probably do relate on some level. You have been in that FOMO situation. Fear of missing out. 
whether that's because you had a previous commitment and you didn't want to cancel, but something else came up with your friends or, you know, maybe you weren't sure if you'd make it on time or even maybe, you know, you got rent to pay, you got bills to do and you can't afford to do that or just you don't want to go. Plain and simple. Sometimes, you know, maybe we don't know how to say no to people. But at the end of the day, it is a situation that you just do not see yourself being a part of anymore. It is a part of you that maybe you outgrew. Maybe there is going to be a few people there that you outgrew. But we have all been in that situation where deep down we know it's probably best to say no. But because of that FOMO that we have, guilty, we go. And... I was reading this and I thought to myself, you know what? I probably wouldn't do this tomorrow. But right now that I know I'm having a good hair day, I know my makeup looks good, my skin is smooth, and I just got my nails done, I'm going to say yes. I want to go out. But tomorrow, it's probably not going to be something that I would want to do. As a matter of fact, knowing me, I probably already have plans for tomorrow. Even if those plans are to just sit around and be lazy, I probably don't want to sit around and be lazy half awake because I'm so tired from the night before or, you know, not having enough energy to get myself ready for the event I did want to attend. So it just, you know, solidifies that FOMO is something you get over. But that regret that, oh, I should have just stayed in. I shouldn't have gone. It's easy to fix when you just learn to say no. It is okay to say no. <laughs> Next on the list, this is a good one. Quote, it's not an apology if it comes with an excuse. Oof, I know a lot of us struggle with this. Me for one. I find myself sometimes doing it intentionally on purpose and sometimes completely unintentional. I'll say there have been situations where I'm running late uh, because there was a ton of traffic. So when I get to the restaurant, I'll tell whoever I'm meeting, I'm sorry, there was so much traffic. Am I sorry? No, because I'm probably thinking, I made it in time, but I can't control the cars around me, which, good point, but I can't control giving myself five, ten extra minutes of grace time in case there is traffic. That is an excuse. I'm not really sorry because I'm thinking I did plan to be here at 8. It's only 8.03. Or, I'm sorry I'm late, but... It's just 8.03. And I'm not saying you have to be sorry. I'm not. But if the apology comes with an excuse, save the apology. There shouldn't be an apology because you're not really sorry. We're not really sorry. If you were really sorry, there would have been extra minutes to account for traffic, to account for parking, whatever. But you're not really sorry because... You don't have to be sorry for everything. It's not in everybody's nature. And you also don't have to apologize because you think that's what that person wants to hear. I know there's many 
situations we can relate this to, but assuming we're on the dinner topic, what if it is a birthday dinner and there's seven other people there who didn't count for traffic and who were there by eight? Maybe the friend you're celebrating doesn't even notice that it is 8.03. There is no need to say, I'm sorry, there was traffic. If the apology is going to come with an excuse, just save it. It's not a true apology. And there are many ways. There are many times and with people and situations where apologies are necessary. And I've noticed when I render those apologies, they usually don't come with excuses. I usually don't say, I'm sorry I was late, um, but you know, my hair straightener wasn't turning on and yet it. Sometimes I'll just, I'm sorry I was late. I lost track of time. I apologize. That I'm sure is an apology that goes a longer way than I'm sorry there was a lot of traffic. All right, we got two more here that I want to talk about. The next one says, the biggest lie we tell ourselves is, quote, I don't need to write this down because I will remember it, end quote. And boy, if that didn't hit me like a ton of bricks. (laughs) I am a pretty busy person. I tend to put more on my plate than I even know sometimes I can handle. I'm very much aware of that. It is something I struggle with and I do want to work on. I just, to be completely honest, don't know how. I always say it's the Capricorn in me that wants to stay busy and have something to do, but... Maybe that's a question I need to ask my therapist. But for whatever reason, maybe I'll be driving or on a hawk or walk or whatever, and I'll just think of an idea. And I try really, really fast to say, okay, let me connect it to this and this. I try to make all these connections. And in my head, this little spider web starts to go off. That way I can be like, oh yeah, I remember because I thought of Um, the microphone or I thought of the kids or my job when I was thinking of this, right? So then I'll go to my job or then I'll go to my computer and I'll say, what was that that I said I had to remember? Yeah, I had to do with my job and some copies I have to make or things I have to do. And I will probably remember the gist of it, meaning what it relates to or the topic, but I won't remember what it was. For instance, I have already a running list of episode ideas that I want to create for you guys and topics I want to cover. And in my head, I go, okay, as soon as I pull over, as soon as I'm at a red light, I'll get my notes app out and I'll jot it down. So I forget. (laughs) I get home. I remember that there was a podcast episode that I wanted to do. And I'll go to the notes and I will go blank. I won't I will remember the gist of it, but the title I had thought of and points A, B, and C will be missing. I might remember point D, but I just I lose it. And that's not to say that I think I should pull over and write it down. But I always I might even be at a red light and I'll say, I'll do it when I get home. But that's why the quote or the golden piece is so crucial because it says the biggest lie we tell ourselves and it is a lie because of course i say i'll write it down in a sec do i write it down in a sec nope it ends up being a lie because 
I don't remember it. <laughs> no matter if I have all the correct intentions to get it down, to remember it, it just sometimes doesn't happen. And that's where that lie comes in, right? Now, in the beginning of this episode, I did say that these were not in any particular order and that I was just going to be picking them at random and kind of reading them as we went along. But I did leave this one last because I felt like it is a little more on the heavy side for those of you who are reflective and, you know, just are trying to better your actions and your behavior in our adult life. But let me just read it to you and then I'll give you my thoughts. Quote, just because it's not your fault doesn't mean it's not your responsibility. So essentially what this is saying is we all have been in situations where, you know, we say it's not my fault or again, going back to the traffic thing, um, it's not my fault. I'm late because there was traffic. Sure. That might be true, but then there's other situations where it might not really be your fault, but over time it does become your responsibility. Whether we think that that is a fair statement or not, unfortunately it is true. All of us, I'm sure, whether you're in therapy or not addressing them, have childhood, teenage, or even early adulthood dramas that we have been through that maybe they weren't directly our fault meaning let's go with the basics that often happen in our early adulthood life right i got cheated on sure maybe that wasn't your fault but as a result of that there's trust issues there's many internal heartbreaks and mental breakdowns that you go through every day that were a consequence of that action that did happen to you. Although that was not your fault, in order for the damage to stop and there is no type of prolonged hurt for you and others, it does become your responsibility to fix it. I know that's a mouthful and just a very, very heavy one. I would say the heaviest out of all the ones I talked about, but it really is one to take into consideration, especially with a new year upon us. Tomorrow we start 2023. You know, some of us are wiser, older, and some of us, maybe not so much. (laughs) And maybe it's because we suffocate on What's not my fault? Why should I have to fix what I didn't break? Why should I? And I get it. And you know what? The truth of it is you don't. You don't have to. If you choose not to take responsibility of that, it really becomes on us. It is our personal life. That's not to say we need to take that responsibility on on our own or we shouldn't ask for help or check out certain resources that are available to us however whatever happens and whatever you decide it has to be a conscious decision that the following events will be because of that decision you made 
to either take responsibility to fix what went wrong, whether it was your fault or not, or to leave it and continue life to go on when ultimately you are only hurting yourself. There are many things that happen that they're not fair. They shouldn't have happened. And that you were just one of God's toughest soldiers that year, right? (laughs) I've been there. I've been in situations where I feel like, why should I have to put in extra minutes on reading? Why should I have to put in extra hours on self-care and self-improvement when I'm not the reason I got mentally fucked? I've been there. I know people who have been there. But ultimately, it all comes down to what you decide to do to become a better version of yourself. I really wanted to end this year in a reflective mode for myself, for all of you, because although I might not believe in New Year's resolutions and, you know, kind of giving yourself those goals, I am a person who believes that I need self-improvement, which is why I read articles like this. This particular article that Mr. Brooks wrote ultimately is an opinion piece, therefore should be taken with a grain of salt. And even my extra commentary and what I think is just my opinion. But I thought it was very interesting. This article came out back in June of this year. And I'm sure even for me, there's other lessons that I've learned this year and throughout my whole 27 years of existence but I did think these were six good ones to keep in mind reflect grow and learn from there were a total of 13 so if you do have a minute to read that the article will be linked in the show notes for you guys to check it out on that note thank you so 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 much for listening and sticking out the entire episode with me. I would lastly please like to ask for each of you to rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast. It is, like I said in the beginning of this episode, my birthday. So if you want to give me a little birthday surprise, go ahead and rate, review, share, subscribe, tell your friends about this podcast. It really, really is my baby going into 2023. I am excited to see what I will do, what we will do as a podcast community and what this next year, what 27 will bring for me. I have dinner plans with my friends during the day. I will be with family. We're going to do a little cake and Hopefully open some good presents. Santa was not so generous this year. (laughs) Sorry, mom, if you're listening. But yeah, I hope everyone out there has a happy new year. Stay safe. Uber, do not drink and drive. The last thing we want is to start a new year with a mistake that we have to fix for the rest of the year. And some for even longer. So happy new year to all of you and I will talk to you next year.